What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-host, Jack. And today, we are previewing the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills wildcard matchup. I can't believe I'm saying those words out loud. Those that would that would seem unfathomable about three or four weeks ago. Um, and if, if we were talking about this two months ago, probably not fathomable for Jake either. So, um, yeah, we've come a long way, but we're here. The Bills are the two seed, and the Steelers are the seven. And I'm very excited. Obviously, we're in the playoffs, but uh. Oh, I didn't even introduce Jake. Wow. How unprofessional. I was going to say that. You said Jake, but you didn't. I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is the worst. Um, okay. We have Jake Matola back on the podcast, our uh, resident Bills fan who we go to with Bills questions. Um, he is recording from Chicago. Um, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I think this is my fourth appearance on the podcast. So uh, thanks for having me back on. Uh like to consider myself the resident Bills expert, given that there's also other Bills fans uh, in the roster. I think you called Mike last time, but I don't know what the uh, predictions ended up being. So uh, I'll take the expert title. He can just be the Bills fan. So yeah, differentiate yourself. That's good. Yeah, I gotta gotta throw a little jab at Mike in there when, when I can. Yeah, we were we were talking about Mike's fandom, and you're like, oh, maybe he's too cocky, and I I I, I described his fandom as. Reck- recklessly optimistic. I think that's more of a an appropriate way to describe him because you know he's not arrogant in his uh, optimism. It's just uh, sometimes you know maybe maybe he's being too optimistic. But maybe yeah, Jake's I mean, more of a realist, and uh, we can get a unbiased take here as much as that's I'd, possible. I'd say that's that's pretty fair. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, Steelers will be traveling to Buffalo. Uh, as the seven seed to the Bills' second seed. Uh, Bills were, well, at the time of the game, they weren't in danger of making missing the playoffs because they had already clinched, but uh, the game was for home playoff rights and uh, AFC East division uh, title. So congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. Thank the, you. Yes, of course. The Bills are 10-point favorites. Uh, last time I checked, and I believe that number still stands. Yep. And the total is 36 and a half, which is by far the lowest of the weekend. But we'll get into why that may be the case in just a second here. Um, Jake, we just recorded the preview for all other, all the five other matchups. So kind of how we did this, we kind of talked about some injuries uh, for both teams. And then we kind of got into the X's and, X's and O's after that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the most obvious one is TJ Watt. I think that's going to be probably one of the most significant factors in this contest. He suffered a grade two MCL sprain and is ruled out for at least this contest. And if the Steelers can somehow pull off the victory, who knows from there, if he'll play in the divisional and so on and so forth. Um, I know Gabe Davis is dealing with a PCL sprain and Rasul Douglas also injured his knee. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. If you, if you're kind of aware of their statuses. Yeah, so I, I checked on the injury report after practice. Um, it was a pretty lengthy injury report. Uh, they just simulated the walkthrough today. So it was just based on a- estimation of what would have happened if it was a full practice. Um, Josh Allen was still uh, 
considered full, but listed on the injury report with a, the neck injury from the stinger that happens in the Patriots game towards the end there. Um, other than that, obviously you highlighted the the key ones. Gabe Davis, uh, he doesn't come off the field, even though he hasn't really shined on this, uh, the stat sheet. He's a pretty important pass and, and run blocker for them. Um, he's also a factor in the deep game and always a threat to score a touchdown as the Steelers know quite well from last season's game. Um, he can score from anywhere on the field. Uh, Russell Douglas has been a dog since he came to the Bills. That was a, one of the best in-season trades we've ever made. Uh, hopefully he can play. The main concern was that during the game he was rolled out pretty quickly. However, it seems like he had mentioned that on during a sideline conversation, he told the the trainers that he could go back out there, but they uh, after Dane Jackson was playing well, they kind of told him, hey, uh, we're already in the playoffs. We're up by, I think it was seven at that point. Let's just hold you out and, and make sure that we keep this uh, good for next week. So he was... Uh, he did not practice today. Hopefully, that was just to prevent some additional swelling. Uh, Taylor Rapp, who had the game ceiling interception, injured his calf on that play, diving for the ball. He was also a do not practice. Uh, limited today was Deion Dawkins, star left tackle. Just a hand laceration, so he should be good. Uh, there was another key one that I'm missing. Uh, Tyrell Dodson, limited with a shoulder injury. Been a pretty good run stopper for us, uh, filling in for Matt Milano. Balen Spector and Dorian Williams played okay in his absence, although hopefully he can get back out there, especially if uh, I think what you were hinting at, maybe the weather could be a factor in the pass game. So uh, I know that he is an important run defender for us. There was a myriad of other, myriad of other injuries as well. Uh, much people who were limited or full. Leonard Floyd and Von Miller both on vet rest days. Um, I think that was all the, the major ones. Um, but... That's from the Bills side. Uh, I've got a bunch of other notes, but that was kind of ripping the injury report from what I saw a few hours ago. Okay. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if you had to give a percent chance of uh, Davis and Douglas specifically playing, uh, would you say it's more likely than not? I mean, I know you. Uh, Davis you know, this is all speculation, but yeah. So I follow an account on Twitter. He's a great follow. It's banged up Bills. He's a he's a physical therapist um, and. Uh, licensed physician i think i'm not sure i know he's definitely a physical therapist um in buffalo he follows bills and injuries and breaks them down frame by frame and typically uh breaks the doctor language down for bills fans um great follow he did not seem optimistic at all about any of the four um that being davis douglas dodson and and rap being able to suit up this weekend i think dodson putting in a limited performance today um maybe makes him a little bit more likely to to show up uh douglas based on his comments after the game i'd say is maybe closer to 50 50 or 40 60 uh not play and play davis i'd be shocked the pcl sprain it seemed like he was running on it but it, it maybe a lot of fluid build up in his knee he was limping off after every every play after that and he ran two more routes following the injury and just came out of the game i'd be shocked if he plays and then uh Taylor Rapp, I know they were concerned for a calf or an Achilles strain. Uh, so that was definitely one that uh, could be potentially impactful. But he is the third safety, so DeMar Hamlin would then slide in uh, potentially or or Cam Lewis um, should they need to. Okay. All right, very well. Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure. Um, I know, you know, you said they, they were estimated to not be practicing in the in the in the uh practice what's it called practice simulation i always forget what they call it but uh 
Yeah, simulated walkthrough, I think. That's it. Yeah, simulated walkthrough. We'll see I what also, happens. Tomorrow will be pretty telling, I think. Right. I also want to mention, not, not really injury-related, but the Steelers are getting back safety DeMonte KZ back from his three-game suspension um, from that hit on Michael Pittman Jr. in the Colts game. So he will be back. I mean, when, when, they, when they handed down the suspension, they're like, he's going to be suspended the rest of the season. But if the Steelers make the playoffs, he'll be back. And at that point, we had just come off our third straight loss from the Cardinals, Patriots, and Colts. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, he's not coming back for the playoffs. There's not going to be any playoffs. So I can't believe that he is back. Uh, I mean, just in general, Steelers and Bills are kind of two of the hottest teams in the league right now. Steelers winning three straight after making the change to Mason Rudolph. And the Bills are six and one, I believe, in the last seven games. And that's that coincided with the firing of Ken Dorsey, right? Didn't he get fired after the Broncos game? He did, yes. Okay. Yeah, two teams with a lot of momentum. Um I think we should talk about the weather, because that, that that is a significant factor for when I'm kind of gathering. And it looks like the wind is probably the most impactful. Uh, I've read that it's going to be about 20 mile per hour winds. I don't know if you guys have seen the same. Yeah, so 20 been, to 30. Yeah, I've been monitoring uh, the National Weather Service for Buffalo's Twitter for the last eight hours. Uh, they haven't posted any updates yet for Sunday. I know they're getting more snow on Friday potentially. Um, and then Saturday, I know the winds are supposed to be high. They haven't put out a projection for Sunday yet. Um, hopefully, it's all just happened Saturday and calms down by Sunday. Uh, there was a large number of uncertainty. Uh, there was, I did check an anchor, uh, meteorologist for one of the news anchor and news reporter, uh, news stations. And he, uh, he reports for Bill's games on, on the weather. Um, of course they have one of those in Buffalo, uh, but, uh, he had mentioned it's going to be in the mid twenties for temperature, not terrible for a January in Buffalo, cold, uh, thermal, thermals are going to be required. And then 20 to 35 mile an hour winds with lake effect snow possible. Um, lake effect could be anything from two inches to 20 inches in a four hour span. You never know with lake effect. It's, it's crazy. Um, and it's super unpredictable. So I think we won't really know what the weather's going to look like until probably late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Um, when that kind of spontaneous storm either develops or doesn't. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you guys can disagree. Um, if you do disagree, but I, I think the more weird weather things that happen would potentially lend it potentially more advantageous for the Steelers, just because if this game's played at like perfect conditions, neutral site. I feel like the bills have more advantage because all the external factors are kind of neutralized, but I don't know. Maybe if that's just me grasping at straws here in hopes for the Steelers to win, but I don't know how, how you guys feel or if it's just kind of, you know, kind of uh, doesn't negatively impacts both teams. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth on this one. Obviously, the Steelers probably have a, a better shot if passing's not involved. Um, Mason's look pretty good, but uh, TJ Watt's obviously most impactful as a pass rusher. I think his loss is definitely... Um, mitigated a bit if you can't throw the ball at all. Um, he's definitely a great run defender and, and sets that edge really well also. So it could lend itself to some James Cook outside zone, um, a lot of pitch plays. Uh, we'll see how bad the weather actually gets and if that could be a factor. 
But I think just looking at it on paper, if the wind is actually 35 miles an hour and snow's coming down in an inch or two an hour, I would be shocked if you can pass the ball efficiently. And I think that would really lend itself to the Steelers' favor. Uh, Weather is pretty much the great equalizer in the NFL. Uh, if you can know you can only run the ball, defenses can do a lot more. Offenses can do a lot less. So uh, they're all really good NFL players and kind of makes the game more of a flip of a coin than it would be. Uh, relying on the coaches and the, the strategy and, and health of the players. But we've seen uh, the, the Bills saw Joe Webb win a game in the snow. Anything's kind of possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to bring, any, uh, bring up any bad memories for you, Jake, but, you know, kind of got flashbacks maybe of that Mac Jones game when he attempted two passes and they, and they pulled out the victory. You never know. I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't even a snow game. That was just zero degrees with 60-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah, that's crazy. Like they yeah. attempted two passes. And the only reason they got it was the Damian Harris 80 yard touchdown. Uh, that was back when the Bills didn't really have a good offensive line as well. So it's a lot better this year, especially if Dawkins is at full strength. Uh, hand laceration, I don't know how much it's going to hold you back. But yeah, that I happened think, during the game. Yeah, he said it got clipped on somebody's like uh, chin strap clip. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it like went right through his ring finger. But. Uh, wow. Yeah, not good. The, the, I don't know, the Lev Bell running for 200 on us, I think that was a partial snow game. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that gives me more flashbacks than the Mac Jones one. That was just weird circumstances. I don't know. Yeah, that box that score, screenshots of that box score have circulated Steelers Twitter the past couple of days, saying with Najee Harris on Sunday. Mm, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I think it's uh, a... I like our, our defensive line and offensive line a lot better than it was during that season in the past couple. Oh, certainly back then. Yeah. Where we've, we've been yeah. a lot better on the, in the trenches this year. And that's kind of, especially as of late, and that's been helpful. Where I think we're the only team that started all five offensive linemen every single game this season. So injury health has definitely been a, a, a net positive. I think they said that, yeah, on the on the Sunday Night Football broadcast. I think the Dolphins had like so many different combinations of offensive line starters, and the Bills were one of the teams that uh, had all five consistently throughout the season. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a big plus in having continuity in that area. Uh, what I want to discuss next, we we kind of when previewing the other games, kind of did this as well. I'm kind of I, I, I labeled it the path to victory. So I kind of like what has to go right for the Steelers to win this game. And then Jack can share his, and then if you want to expand on what you think has to go right for the Bills as well, Jake. Um, I think it's pretty clear for the Steelers. I think, you know, first of all, I think winning the turnover margin, because, you know, Josh Allen, does he still lead the league in turnovers? I don't know if he, I know he did it like semi-recently, but is that still the case? I don't know. know. I know it was interceptions. I don't know if it was all turnovers. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was just interceptions, but I don't, I'm not sure. So, I mean, this was kind of the formula back in uh, early parts of the season, but winning the turnover margin, I know you could say that about any game at any point, playoffs or not, um, but I think it really comes down to that for, especially now, like the Steelers can't afford to turn the ball over and make and kind of beat ourselves, uh, especially when you're heavy underdogs and just obviously a heavy dose of Najee and Warren um, controlling the ground game. I mean, that's pretty, I think, clear um, for the Steelers to have a chance at least jack do you concur or do you think there's any other factors that maybe could play into uh the steelers keeping it close or potentially winning the game um 
So the two things that I have tried to reason through in my head, the Steelers could win. Because I don't think we can. But uh, an argument that I'm trying to paint in my head, um, looking into the Bills' rush defense, I want to hear Jake's overall opinion on it. Um, I believe in terms of total yards allowed per game, they were middle of the pack. I want to say 15th. I think I had it up. Um, so it's not a glaring, it's not a weakness on the surface level there. Um, but when I looked into rush yards per attempt, they, the bills were, I think 28th in the league. So, I mean, they're not allowing a lot of yards gained on the grounds total for the game. Uh, and then, but maybe game script dictates that opposing teams can't uh, rush the ball as much as they want. And uh, but the Bills have been allowing, I think it was like 4.7 yards per attempt. Um, that plays in Jalen Warren's favor. I think he's second in the league in yards per carry. Um, to much surprise of many this year. I mean, he's been great. So. Uh, that's one aspect that I'm uh, hoping for. Uh, and again, not optimistic about either of these things. But the other thing was um, going into last weekend when, or I guess the Sunday night game, where either we were going to play the Bills or the Chiefs, Dolphins, It was if that game was a tie. But it was pretty much going to be Bills or Chiefs, and I really wanted the Chiefs uh, because I feel like they've struggled I mean, they definitely have struggled as of late as opposed to the Bills on a five-game winning streak. Um, and I thought we matched up better against the Chiefs. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking our defense matches up better against the Chiefs' offense. Um, but I've been trying to convince myself that maybe we do match up all right against the Bills' offense. Um, because Rather than the Chiefs, because... The interior of our defense is depleted. We lost Cole Holcomb middle of the year. The week after, we, lost, we, lost, we lose Quan Alexander. Atlanta Roberts, our other inside linebacker, who he is healthy now. He's been battling injuries down the stretch of the season, which that's been brutal, but he's kind of healthy now. Um, we've been out. Minka, KZ, like the whole middle of our defense has been we've been dipping into practice squad guys. Thus we had to sign miles Jack off the street, Blake Martinez off the street, uh, Jalen, uh, yeah. Jalen Smith off the street too. Um, Eric Rowe back there at safety too. Oh yeah. That's, that's been tough. So I just had visions of, okay, the chiefs, obviously Travis Kelsey is going to eat up that middle of the field. And I was not confident in that. Um, and, where was I going with this? The Bills' best player, I guess, skill position player, Stefan Diggs, clearly. Um, we have a good corner in Joey Porter. He's had a great rookie season. I talked about him weeks prior, and he's kind of built a little bit of that lockdown corner resume, if you want to say, um, limiting a star wide receiver in the opposing team. Um, and I know it's a tall task to cover or contain Stefan Diggs, but if we have one. Like our, our our cornerbacks are top heavy. Like Joey Porter has been very good. Our Levi Wallace had a really has had a bad season. Patrick Peterson 
has had a bad season at corner. So if if theoretically, and I wouldn't, I'm not saying this is going to be guarantees could happen, but I could see in my head maybe Joey Porter could limit Stefan Diggs. And um, I mean, I'm less scared. Bill's tight ends are good. I'm less scared of them than I am Travis Kelsey. I think that's understandable. So that's how I was trying to paint uh, this path to victory in my head. Still don't feel good about it, but that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I think if you look into the last six games, um, the Bills win streak, seven, seven, five, seven games, whatever it has been, um, and you look at Stefan Diggs' involvement, it has primarily been on third down and it has primi- primarily been getting first downs. And uh, it's been a lot less. Uh, he's been on the field a lot less and he's been a lot less involved in the passing game. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's mainly uh, script. It doesn't seem like it's game script. It seems like it's more situational. I had a lot more success running the ball and running out of 12 and 22 personnel um, with Reggie Gilliam, the fullback on the field. Diggs is not a great run blocker, so they've been using uh, Shakir and, and Davis and Sherfield, who are very good run blockers in their own regard, um, to mix it up a little bit, except for in obvious passing situations. And they've done that at a, a really high clip for yards per catch and uh, yards per carry. So even if JPJ takes away Diggs, I'm not necessarily... I don't think that's going to limit our offense as much as it would have potentially at the beginning of the season. Joe Brady's done a really good job of getting matchups against linebackers. Uh, either it's James Cook, Khalil Shakir, or uh, Kincaid. He's been really good at getting mismatches. Uh, like, like you saw in the Dolphins game, we somehow got Kincaid covered by Melvin Ingram. This, there's yeah, an eight-year right. eight <laughs> age gap there. Um, the whole offense right now is schemed around getting mismatches and getting guys in space that normally wouldn't be in space with a linebacker or maybe a safety who's not good in man coverage. Um, James Cook on that wheel route has been almost unbeatable when he catches it. That's to say, he's got a pretty high drop percentage on those. He's dropped two touchdowns already this year. We'll see what happens in this game. Um, but Cook's been really good in the past game uh, for the most part. Kincaid's been, uh, I think he's fourth all-time for rookie tight ends and receptions and 10th all time for receiving yards uh, for a rookie. So he's had a, a great season by all standards. Um, Knox had a touchdown last game. I expect, especially with the anticipated weather, a lot of 12 and 22, especially if Davis is out. I think Sherfield steps in fine in that role from a run blocking perspective, probably a bit of a downgrade from a uh, reception, rece- uh, reception kind of perception. Not to quote Matt Harmon there, but um, I think the one thing we're missed that you guys are forgetting about is playoff Lenny. <laughs> We've got playoff oh, Lenny. God. Yeah, and we have Jack and I were at the game when Leonard Fournette had. Uh, they have three touchdowns against us, right? He had one eighty for game? three. Yeah, like I haven't seen Lat Murray on the field in, in two weeks. I think I think Lenny took his job. He could have, and Mitchell that that game was so long ago and Leonard Fournette's still only 28. Yeah, he's four Whoa. years younger than Raheem Mostert. <laughs> That's, yeah, and Raheem Mostert, like at that point, I like wouldn't even know about Raheem Mostert. Like he like burst on the scene, I feel like, I mean, late in like 2019, I want to say. Yeah, like that. that's just crazy. Yeah, I remember 2018, maybe 2017, there was the uh, 
Hyde and Breida were their Niners running backs when Mostert kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I was looking at Mostert's Wikipedia the other day. I didn't realize he was an undrafted free agent with the Eagles and kind of like destroyed preseason, and then they just cut him. I didn't know that. I mean, when was was that like 10 years ago? I think it's 2017, yeah. Oh, he's a rookie. Okay. He was an older rookie because I think he did all four years. He's at Purdue, right? Purdue did all four years, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if you would have... I would have totally guessed that Leonard Fournette is at least 30, maybe 31. Yeah, he's only 28. He hasn't played much this year. We're going to pull the Dalvin Cook line. He's got fresh legs, except he actually had success last year. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to kind of close out the show and kind of get into uh, maybe our score predictions and how we view the, the side of the total. Um, but if anyone else has any like additional notes, I, I'm sure maybe Jake, you said you had some notes, so I don't know if you have any more, but, um, yeah, feel free. This has been great. Yeah, we hit on most of them. Uh, I'd say I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic about this game on paper. Uh, obviously we're 10 point favorites. I don't, I would be shocked if that hits. Um, I think it's probably closer to six and a half is what the line should be given the weather. Um, Especially with how low the total is, uh, I don't know. That ten just seems like a lot, given how low the on how low the over under is. Um, but uh, I don't know. We like to lose weird games. This could absolutely may be a weird game. If the Steelers make it a weird game, it's going to be a lot closer than it needs to be. If the weather makes it a weird game. I'm I'm, I'm a little worried. Uh, if it was going to be 42 and sunny and wind five to ten miles an hour, I'd be a lot more. Uh, I'd be a lot less stressed. I'll say that. So, yeah, a lot of, I mean, we, we were talking about the, the Dolphins Chiefs game uh, on the episode we just recorded, but I mean, between that game being zero degrees and this game between potentially having very high winds, a lot of weather factors that come into play in, in uh, playoff football. Yeah, and these two are getting the, the most buzz, but I like I follow a couple of people on, on Twitter. Um, I think they're hockey reporters, honestly, and they've been just posting about the weird weather forecast for the country. I think California is supposed to get a lot of storms. Midwest is getting some storms. Southeast is getting a lot of rain. So it could just be across the board a really wet and cold weekend for all of these playoff games that aren't in domes, obviously. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, half of three of them will be in domes, right? The the Lions, Cowboys, and Texans. So, yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see. A lot of good football coming as we as we previewed on the previous episode, so be sure to check that out if you are interested. Um, okay, it's time to close out this episode with our score predictions. And uh, yeah, Jake, we're, we're doing a picks contest with Shreff uh, for the playoffs, so we picked all the other games, and Shreff gave his pick, uh, which I'll reveal, reveal to you now. He picked the Bills minus 10, so... Um, oh. Shreff, no! Yeah, well, that's not what you want. Okay, to be to be in Treff's defense, he's not here to defend himself. Uh, I, I break down, you know, how we do pick favorites. Really bad. Well, he did lose the picks contest uh, by eight games to me, and he was six and a half of Jack, so he was third by a considerable margin. However, he, I, I break down, you know, picking favorites, picking underdogs, picking overs, and picking unders. He was. Almost unprecedentedly bad at everything but picking favorites. So I think he was 16, 9, and 1 at picking favorites, if, I, if my memory serves me yep, correctly. So right. I'm looking at it now. If there is one area he, he did excel in, it was definitely picking favorites. 
So, but he has been pretty bad um, overall. So, and I, I, we promised we did not tell him to just purposely do the Shref jinx. Like this was his genuine opinion. So, uh, I'm sorry that, for the slander, Shref. Yeah. Um, but I guess you can go first, Jake. Kind of tell us what your score prediction is. And uh, I guess that will also tell us how you feel about the spread in total as well. But Well, I didn't know how to do this, but I guess off the top of my head, I feel like it'll probably be somewhere around 21 to 10 or 21 to 14. I feel like it's going to be probably a one-score game, potentially two, if you can get a field goal in there. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of possessions. So maybe... Okay. Yeah, I'd say it's going to be somewhere between that seven and a half to nine and a half. It should be the appropriate line. Ten just feels like crazy. Okay, so it sounds like you're leaning Steelers plus ten, but uh, and then I guess slightly to the under uh, thirty six and a half. So, okay, Jack, give us a score prediction, and if it, um, yeah, give us your official pick for the for the contest as well. My score prediction. Uh... I was going to go odd one, 24 to 11 uh, okay. in favor of the Bills. And my pick is going to be Bills minus 10. Oh, wow. Uh, how, do you, how do you get to 11? Uh, I don't know. I feel, we'll go for two. It'll be we- Tomlin does something weird. It'll, like, it could be like close and like Tomlin feels like it's advantageous to go for two. Maybe we get it and get a field goal. I don't know. Uh, but then the Bills will pull away with it. Um, I'm just, I wouldn't be confident at full strength and without TJ Watt, like he's, it's no secret. He's the pulse of our defense and our team pretty much. So, um, yeah. it's, it's going to be like impossible without him. Is Minka so, playing? Minka is back, which I mean, I obviously glad he's going to be out there, but he's been hurt like the whole the second half of the year, he's been hurt pretty much. Like he, he got in, went out in the Colts game. So like, it'll be his first game back. And yeah, I don't know. Don't feel good about his presence, but I'm glad. I'm just glad he's there, and we're getting more bodies back there. But I, I can't imagine he'll be his normal self. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, Bills nineteen, Steelers ten. So I got a low scoring game. Uh, and my official pick for the contest is going to be the under 36 and a half. And I have a stat here. Uh, I have mixed opinions about Warren Sharp, but I found this article that he read that he wrote, excuse me, uh, today. Pretty I interesting. A real person. I think he's a real person. I don't think Warren Sharp's a real person. I think it's like a couple, a couple people on a Twitter account. I thought it was a real person. I'll look into it. Who's the guy with the mustache then? I think that's just like a stock image. No, I've seen him record videos and talk before. Oh, is it? I've seen videos of him talk before. He's not Dove Kleiman. That guy's not real. No, he's real. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got a mustache. He looks fake, though. I I swear I saw an article like when the whole Dove Kleiman thing was going out. They're like people are saying it's like him and Warren Sharp, but like Warren Sharp is just like a character that a bunch of people are like writing for. Hmm. Maybe we're maybe we're uh, uncovering something here, digging into the Warren Sharp conspiracy rabbit hole. I don't know. Anyway, no, he, he's definitely real, but he looks like he could be AI generated. 
Okay, we're really getting into it now. <laughs> anyway, I he, this, he he or a team of people posing as Warren Sharp wrote this article. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, since 2008, there's been 15 home games in Buffalo where the wind is 15 plus miles per hour, and the under is 13 and two. And in those games, the average pregame total was 40 and 40.4. And the average result of the game uh, with the total was 32.1. So it it was eight points less, and the under was hitting convincingly. So my pick for the contest is the under 36.5. And, and I think the Bills um, win by about nine. I, if I had to make a decision, I'd probably say Steelers on the spread, but I, 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 was, I, think it's, I think it's appropriate around 10. So I didn't feel confident either way, but I'll be going with the under. Yeah, I'll take the under as well. All right. Well, thank you, Jake. We wish you best of luck uh, in the game because yeah, you're playing in it. Best of luck in the game. Yep. Yeah, uh, Brandon Bing called me up yesterday. Okay. My place is not actually to Philly, it's to, to Buffalo. Right. Interesting. Um, all my, right. Like football tape. They said they need me to sign me up. <laughs> um, all right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and yeah, we'll catch you next week in another episode. Please uh, check out the other episode previewing the other games if you feel so inclined. And uh, best of luck if your team's in the playoffs. And if they're not, start looking at mock drafts, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't got that problem. My team's in the playoffs, baby. You will have that problem on, on 4.30 at some, on Sunday, probably. I don't like how pessimistic you're being, Jack. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little pessimistic, but you're like... Anyway. All right. All right. Bye, Hoglaw Nation. Go Bills.